This is Scott Becker with Becker's Healthcare. We're here for 18th Annual Spine Orthopedics and Pain Management Driven ASC Conference plus the Business of Spine. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Rob Bray. Rob's gonna talk about, he'll introduce himself, then we'll talk about what's going on in his area of the world with COVID-19, and then just his thoughts on ramping back up and so forth. Rob's one of the great guys in, in, in spine and business, and always a pleasure to visit with. Dr. Bray, can you take a moment and introduce yourself? Uh, thank you, Scott. I'm the uh, director and founder of DISC, D-I-S-C, which has been a high-acuity outpatient spine, and we started uh, actually introducing it at one of your meetings about 25 years ago, and I've been running them ever since. So I, I run the DISC ASC structure, and We've, we've done uh, more than 8,000 outpatient spines of all intensities and complexities through history. So we've been instrumental in starting this business and it's been a great run. Just amazing. Tell me the current COVID-19 situation in practice, is it unlike anything you've ever seen before and, and what are you doing currently? Let's start there. Well, this is this is something that we've not seen in modern day history, and I have a, a long military background as well, so it's it had a lot to do with what's what we've seen in the past. But no, we have not seen anything like this in history. And the key difference for people to understand on COVID is that it's a very sneaky virus, and it found a way that no virus in recent history has found to do, which is get into people and stay asymptomatic for a window of seven five-day period before it gives a fever, makes you sick, or in some people, up to 85, 90% of people not make them sick. That became a problem because now you have a transmissible source that the people don't know they're sick. When you have the flu, you know you're sick, you go to bed, you stay home. But that's what's changed this, and, and it's what led to this rapid peak, or they call it the, the r not number, the growth rate, this massive peak. And this whole event has been about trying to slow that peak down so we didn't overwhelm our healthcare system. And that's what made this virus so uniquely different. That and we have no immunity to it as a herd. So we're, we're stuck with a brand new virus we're not immune to that has an incredibly rapid growth rate that's been migrating epicenters around the world. Around the world. In, in, in what's been the current state of sort of practice in your neighborhood? What's been going on there? We've maintained operations throughout this and, and been able to keep operating. We uh, have been open for urgent or emergent care, and that was a backup position as the hospitals went into shutdown for all emergent services, even other than other than COVID, because they were trying to maintain their resources. So we, we became the backup pool, uh, you know, and then it's just changed uh, over time. Uh, the hospitals, uh, you know, they, we didn't get overwhelmed on this coast like they did in New Jersey or New York, and, and we didn't get to a point of, of them being overwhelmed, and now they're beginning to loosen up. But we picked up that backup business, so we, we've stayed fairly busy. Uh, we, we cut out all uh, non-emergent and pain management and general ortho things, but uh, we've been doing the cord compressed or the foot drops or the things, and that's that's kept us running. We are now in a phase of transitioning back to uh, more broad spread or down to urgent or people with pain as opposed to emergency. And we are undergoing that transition right now. And, and how is that transition going? And give me a sense of percentage wise, if 90 days ago you were running at 100% or 120 days ago, where are you at now? And, and where do you think we'll be in 
you know, in, in six months? Yeah, great questions. You know, the if you look at the, the transition points here, eight, eight weeks ago, you have to go back eight weeks, um, when the government said we didn't know this was coming, they, we, we should have known it was coming. It was already spiking in January in, in Wuhan, and, and there's no evidence they would contain it. But, you know, we didn't prepare for it. Four weeks ago, uh, it was in the, the highly uh, expansile hockey stick upward of the curve, the, lo- the logistic curve rise, and we were about two-thirds of the way up the peak. So the, the big transition of, of the fear factor started you know, around eight weeks ago with people saying, gee, it might, to four weeks ago it was on the spike. And, and now only about eight or ten days past the spike and now on the downward curve. So it's been an adaption that whole time on – on relative availability of what's there. And if you're at one point, two, three weeks ago, they were told they were gonna take our ventilators or a PPE or anything else we had just to supply the chain. But that that fear has passed now and, and come into control. So it, it's been a roll with the, the punches, but again, volume wise, uh, we're at about 700 plus cases a year as our routine baseline of, uh, of high acuity cases that's independent of just pain management. And um, we saw maybe a 30% drop in volume into the peak by taking out all that pain management in general ortho, but again, an increase in the urgent spine cases. Now we're going through the transition and we expect that within the next four weeks, we will be back at full volume. Um, and then an interesting phenomenon is happening. And this is really the interesting point of what we're seeing is is the fear factor. You know, this is the first pandemic in modern history and certainly the first one since we've had news media and social media and all the things driving. And there's been an immense fear factor. Uh, the hospitals here locally have seen a 30 to 40 percent reduction in their admissions for heart attacks and strokes. People are literally dying at home because they're afraid to go to the hospital which is ridiculous because the hospitals have it all separated and isolated. And, you know, but, you know, the fear factor is immense. So our next phase is to overcome that fear factor that's been generated. And we have a plan in place for that. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough problem, but it involves multiple things. But we have to make the world feel safe now that they have a way to come back in the door and it's okay. And we're doing it by putting in place testing protocols, which I could go on for an hour about. I won't take up the 10 minutes here. Um, that's been through its own set of nightmares of which one and which is allowed by the FDA and the FDA taking a position and then backing off on the position and on and on and on. We're, we're putting in place FDA approved uh, both antibody testing and antigen testing. We formed a working relationship with a CLIA laboratory, and we're going to put out a big marketing piece to the local population to say, listen, you know, we have a safe way to bring you in, and we're going to test five days ahead of time and retest, and all our staff has tested, and we've put in place all the, the appropriate protocols. Uh, by doing that, the goal is to, one, do it with some real science and a, a backup way to do it in an honest way, and two, make this absolutely as safe a a zone as possible. Now, I see the biggest boon we have seen in modern history for the ASC business, because realistically, um, this is going to give a giant push. This is a world-changing event, Scott. We're we're looking at, just like 9-11 was or other things, this changes the world and changes the awareness. 
And that fear of all these cases in the hospital on ventilators is going to persist with people for a very long time. So if we carefully recreate the, the image and the picture of the ASC environment, which has always been the safer environment, we're still running zero infections since we've opened here in Newport 10 years ago, not a, not a single one. You know, special built air, HEPA filtration, we had a lot of the protocols in place already. We're expanding them tremendously. But if we present the proper approach by ASCs and don't make it the Wild West on just everybody doing something random, it's a giant boom because people are going to want to come to a safer environment that's more aware, that's more contained. Um, in military days, we call them safety zones, where you create a zone that's safe for the people. And, and that's, that's what they're going to want. And we're going to see this. I'm expecting a very big increase in business into the summer and into July. You'll have to get into July to. Uh, Wait, let me ask you another this. question. The, the, the pain management procedures, are those going to ramp back up as easily or will that be recessed somewhat or not really? Will that ramp up pretty quickly? I think it'll all ramp up pretty quickly. We're we're looking at the end of the curve by smart people who do this. Bill Gates, the IHME website. We're looking at the the curve coming down, and by Mother's Day, it's going to be mostly down. And I'm going to call July 4th our, our return to freedom weekend. Um, by that time, the numbers will be down to almost no cases and almost no residual deaths. And I, I think we're uh, we're about a month away, and then all that more elective stuff will ramp back in. We'll see the ramp up of the more urgent surgeries now, and then that added in the next month. Yeah, I have a question for you. I've been around celebrities that talk about Rob Bray. When you mentioned Bill Gates and say like these really smart people like Bill Gatesy, do you think Bill Gates is sitting with Melinda Gates and saying, well, these really smart surgeons and thinkers like Rob Bray? Um, they're, they're, I've been looped in on a pile of panels right now on different things and, and, uh, they're, they're, they are watching and, and going and the people that want to return to the world and get things back to our economy back, we're, we, we've blown through whatever the estimate is, two, three trillion in losses. Um, these guys want to start the economy to get going. They want it done safely and they want it done wisely and they're looking to leaders to do it. Um, I, I've gotten calls from just, I can't tell you how many people about this exact topic of, of my, uh, my high-end clientele, so to speak. Um, you know, where are we at? What do we have to do? How do we get there from A to B? Um, their real interest and focus now is the, the, the curves are coming down. We, we did what we could to blunt them. We're not making the virus not exist. We need the economy to come back. We need to answer this fear factor. So they're looking for protocols and how you answer that to people. And now is one last point on that, though, that I really want to <clears throat> emphasize and leave on in, in the new world. Um, you know, I'll call July 4th our, our return for all cases, pain management, everything. We're up and running. People are getting over it. We're widespread testing going on. Yes, it's a few more dollars to add into the cost of the case. The insurers are on board. We're really going. We have to be ready for the next spike. Okay. Okay. We look back in history to, to MERS or SARS. They were coronaviruses. There were secondary spikes. There will be one. It is coming. We have to be aware of that and be able to manage expectations around that. That's so important itself is managing the fair. And, and it, it is because look at this, that we went into this spike 
kind of not expecting when we really should have been back in January, but we went into it in the best economy in the world in the history for the U.S. And now we will likely be going into that second spike in the worst economy and without actually a full recovery yet. And we have to be prepared to build our institutes as the ASCs in as bulletproof and as reactive a fashion as we can, testing in place, protocols in place, the supply chains have to be brought up for PPE, for cleaning equipment, the sterilization program, just come out stronger and better. So when that second spike hits, the people still feel they have a safe place to go. And, and that, no, that it's so important. Needs to happen. It needs to not be just put on the way. We didn't learn anything from this. And, and, and that's probably the biggest lesson we have right now is, you know, survive through this curve. We have, I hope other places have, and then, you know, get prepared to reopen and, and, but really take that time over that window till that second bump hits in a big fashion. There may be some minor bumps right away, but it, it, I mean, by what these other viruses of similar categories have done in the past, my, you know, from my knowledge base, my, my best estimate is it's going to poke its head up in early flu season, and then you've got the flu on top of it. So we'll see. Right now it's migrating around the world. It's off to Brazil and Russia, so they're in trouble. Well, exactly, exactly. What a fascinating perspective, Rob. Dr. Bray, just a great pleasure speaking to you. We went a little bit over time for this, but it's always worth it because I learned so much. Dr. Bray, thank you so much for joining us today, as always. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk soon, Scott. Bye.